You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. I don't know if anyone's heard of the app. Um, Dippy, I think it's called. Ditty? Ditty. I thought, you know what, for this week's episode, because I found this app, I think I'm going to download it and try it out. I don't know if it worked, but it sure was an experience. Anyway, everyone, welcome to episode 126 (laughs) of PlayStation Unchained. As you can hear in the laugh, we've got our cornerstone of the podcast, Neil Bolt, with us this week. Hello, Neil. Hello. Sorry, I'm drinking. uh, (laughs) Ah, uh, there we go. Sorry, uh, it's you have to drink to be able to put up with my podcast, Neil. Now, uh, so I was trying out my multi skill. You know, try and drink and talk at the same time. <laughs> a, I'm not uh, not very good at it, apparently. But there you go. Um, I'm fine. You know, end of E3 week. It's uh, oh. like a, a bit of anticlimax at that point, but uh, it I, leaves you with all these lovely yeah. thoughts of all these lovely new games. Yeah. So can't complain. But don't worry, you won't get to review those. We'll find the worst ones we can find and give you them. You say it like I don't go for them. <laughs> I know, that's why we go look for them. <laughs> um, I'm going to make this quick because it's a big-ish week this week because of a little thing called E3 last week, so we're going to just go quickly through names. Uh, Mike, we've got you here this week, right? Yeah, Yay. how's it going, dude? Not too bad, and you? I'm good, man. <clears throat> and Gary? We've got... Our... What's up? <laughs> uh, not too much, really, and you? Oh, uh, not too much. Just excited for this podcast. Wait. You just Hadouken. Hadouken. I Hadouken him. Bad point. Um, and we've got the ghost of the podcast, the the snake in the grass. One could say Timothy Noons. <laughs> yes, that's what I said. <laughs> Uh, in case anyone wonders, Skype for some reason is saying that he does not exist and we're not chatting with him right now, even though you can hear him with your ears and I can see well, him with my eyes. Weird. Well, it's all cool and all that I don't actually like. It's kind of a cool little name. I still have to pay my taxes. But... <laughs> Thank God for Skype. <laughs> um, anyway, we're going to go straight to the, uh, last week. Well, by the time this goes live, it'll probably be, you know, it could be listening to the future, so it won't be last week. But sometime in a period of time that of whatever you're listening to it from now on, um, there was a little thing called E3 2016. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of E3, but it's some sort of gaming convention. Rings it's a, a bell. It's a newish thing. Newish, newish, biggish, newish thing. It's a startup show that's just had some big things there, um, including. A few games that we're going to be talking about today. I know, talking about games on this podcast that's not Nintendo related. I am shocked! (laughs) You what? (laughs) How dare you disgrace Nintendo like that? There'll be no Nintendo here. (laughs) At least not right now. We'll probably sneak in somehow. Buy NX for Zelda. I mean, um, okay, we're going to go straight to the biggish game that we're all wanting to talk about. God of War. <laughs> I wasn't going to say Resident Evil because that I can't wait for that big. Anyway, God of War. 
Daddy Kratos and son. Um, let's just call it male Ellie for now. Um, <laughs> there we go. It's said Norse apology. And there is some things in the trailers that I've been looking, watching some videos on, looking at some pictures of Neogaf that I didn't see. Like you can see mid, you can see a snake in the background, a giant snake. That was uh, during the dragon, yeah, where the dragon, uh, well, yeah, dragon flies past. Uh, there's a snake in the background that you can see. Also, there's a ghost following baby Kratos for some reason. Uh, anyway, what did you think of the trailer and how excited are you for the new God of War, Neil? Hmm. Mildly is how excited I would say. Not See, a lot of full I... beard excited, but just a little goatee. Well, yeah, I'm always envious of anyone who can grow a full beard, to be honest, because <laughs> mine are patchy at best, and it's just uh, basic straight-up jealousy on that front. But yeah, I, it's not the content of the demo I don't care for so much, because I think that's a yeah, great move, try and humanise them. I said it a few weeks ago, I think, when we were talking about him returning. If he's to come back, they have to add some character to him, because it can't be this one-dimensional rage I don't know, the Hulk's been pretty popular still. Yeah, but the Hulk can be humanised, you know, and has been in comic book history. So you can have a big, understandable giant that's fine, or a big strapping bastard that likes killing things. uh, So what you're saying is what we need is Red Kratos. Or Grey Kratos. Grey Kratos, (laughs) more likely than not. Or or an A-bomb Kratos. Um, (laughs) World War Kratos. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, Avon Kratos. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, so I like the tone of the demo. I don't think people should get too worried about it being like that all the time because they've pretty much promised it will be you know, filled with the same big action set pieces and gore and visceral nastiness. And it's not like he's lost his temper. I mean, Christ, he's like, he can't take his this kid missing a shot or or shooting him in the shoulder. It's, you know, he's, well, to be fair, if someone shot me in the shoulder, I would be a little bit pissed. Oh, come on. Kratos has done had worse. <laughs> like, he's been squashed by giants and titans and it's like the Larry's through by Zeus. That was a yeah, thing. exactly. He's been dead and come back, so... At least four times. Hey, hey. So has Leon as Kennedy. Well, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> yes, but last time I checked, he's not the god of war. So. <laughs> Which makes me more impressive. That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, it would explain the emo haircut, I suppose. Uh, you know, angry the world constantly. Uh, silently seething Leon Kennedy, the god of How war. How can you be that angry with a big beard? I don't get it. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe that's what keeps him a bit calmer now. Maybe he uh, wants the beard to be bigger. <laughs> you can still I see think... my body, this beard. <laughs> uh, but yes, I think it'll be nice to see it take a change of direction. I'm just not excited yet until I see more of it. And, uh, and his true but... form, the thing. The thing. <laughs> that's it. You and plus, I kind of want to. I want to know which way they're going to go. Is it going to be like a control two people thing? Or is it going to be like, Kratos is around for a bit, then he gets murdered. And well, supposedly, Kid Kratos, or Kid Ross, as I'm going to call him now. Kid Ross. <laughs> Kid Ross. 
Uh, he has a special it. button on the controller that you use to do actions. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to go so with I circle do... button. Circle button. So it's going to be Ico, basically. Yeah. But with more violence. Oh, yeah, I can go. Spoiler work. alert. Co-op the whole game. <laughs> uh, see, if you had online co-op, I would, I would love that. You can have, have, cool. you can have, have too many online co-op games. Yeah, but then who, who'd want to play as the underpowered son who shoots you in the face with arrows? <laughs> well, that sounds like well, it fun, is an RPG so. system. But there has to be some sort of development. Not like it's just yeah. like, oh, good, he gets all the points. Yeah, he gets all the XP, so it's, you know. Well, in all fairness, what, what, what more can Kratos learn? He's ripped the power out of every god in Greek mythology. It's like, and he's you know pretty much near on immortal. I think he doesn't really need to learn much, apart from how not to get pissed off at everything but hold on he never killed aphrodite well mm. but he certainly knew how to do that sort of thing the mini games definitely showed that he had that sort of skill set already i say so i don't think there was any problems there plus but he's what incapable kind of power of... would you get from doing it anyway grow bigger boobs <laughs> <laughs> So the beard, right? Am I right, guys? Maybe that's his power. He got the Aphrodite, a beard. It's the beard of Aphrodite, yeah. He gave Aphrodite a beard. <laughs> uh, so yes, anyway, someone else's opinion. Uh, yeah, I'll go <laughs> with Tim, the ghost. The ghost of Sparta. The ghost of Sparta. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to say apprehensive because it's not that far back. I'm pretty excited. Um the the tone of the game has has just enough in The Last of Us to not be redundant. Uh, at the same time, I'm also very excited with the, the tone that just not the, just the tone, but the uh, the pace of the game itself. Especially in that yeah, demo, it's obviously very early on in the game, so you kind of get the sense that since it's going to be more RPG esque, it will probably be a lot quicker, closer to the end game. You know, you get quicker attacks, you get less delay, fewer delays, and less delays and things. Uh, like it's swing attacks and movements and things, but um, yeah, I kind of just see it as a preview for something that's gonna not quite turn into a hack and slash, but be a little bit more the heavy. Ends, yeah, game. the way that demo ends seems to suggest that it's going to be open world in some kind. The fact that they scale out, you know, they pan out. Yeah, it's not going to be. Well, not maybe not entirely, but you know, in the same way that Uncharted got bigger in its areas over time, it's like oh, it yeah, could I can see it be a like big, big-ish open areas. Yeah, like and with that slower pace, you can explore more, perhaps. Well, yeah, there's a whole exploration XP, so it can't be linear. Otherwise, what's the point of exploration XP? Hmm. <laughs> That's it. Sorry, Tim. Go on. Um, but really, though, I think it kind of takes some some calls and inspirations from other PlayStation brands, as we've mentioned with The Last of Us and um, Boy Ellie, things like that. But I feel like there's enough there to more focus on like the uh, the Norse point while putting in all that stuff to kind of not just like like ignore the fact that there are inspirations there because they're rather obvious. But I think that they're just going to more accentuate the fact that this is still a God of War game and it's going to be a little bit more heavy I was shocked when Kratos made his son kill the deer. Yeah. Such a 
oh, it was the it was not cool. Like, and I, I don't want to say cool, but it was such like a raw, very visceral moment. But it was so timid, and it, like his the, the son didn't want to do it, but he made him like hand on hand made him kill that deer. The thing Heavy is, back then, kind of, they would have had to anyway because he you need, need food. Yeah, it's it's kind he, of like still made his son do it. That's that that's that that's that first break of innocence. Yeah. But the thing is, though, some would have to do it eventually. So I like the fact that we got to see it and how touching it was. But, you know, it's, it's good the fact that they've sort of like, the son would have to do it once Kratos, you know, if he can die. Yeah. It was a very, effect, very effective, that little old, almost hand on the shoulder thing. So, yeah, it's, it's which like, is amazing for yeah. God of War. It's like he was there to support his kid. I know he's forcing him to do it, but at the same time he was kind of like... Supporting him, too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's keeping his distance in the same way, well, because you know what happened with his family before, so it makes sense that he would be that sort of emotionally stunted. Maybe he's just starting to learn that uh, you know, he could you know, embrace this. I, I think he's found out that he's had a child you know, long after the child's grown up and they're sort of connecting on a very late level. And while the son is all like, I've found a parent when I've lost a parent by the sound of it, and you know he's very much like, well, yeah, I don't want to. I'm not really sure about this sort of thing, which is very much again like The Last of Us and Joel getting Ellie thrust upon him. It's so yeah, could be the same dynamic. We shall see. All in all, I'm very into it. Uh, unless they do like a jump the shark sort of approach from here on out, I think it's gonna be pretty good. Yeah, totally. Who else needs to speak? Someone does. Uh... Gary? Yes, yes. Um, yeah. I was very impressed with the with the trailer, actually. Um, I, I I am for the, the change that it gone with, especially with the combat system. I think we saw once uh, God of War 3 and Accession came out that there's really so much you can do with, with the combat before it starts to get stale. Um... Uh, so they try to change it in Ascension, and a lot of people got kind of upset about that, as as we know. Um, well, there are a lot of reasons why people were upset with Ascension. I don't know if it was <laughs> the combat, uh, but there it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I am excited. I think there's still a lot of things left unsaid uh, or unrevealed. I should say, like, whether the kid is actually Kratos' son or not. Um, or if he's kind of adopted him in a way. Um, the reason I, I think that is because he said, did your mother ever teach you to hunt? It's like, if you were around, you would think you'd know that. Right? Mm. Um, you tell. But, but then he's got that, he's got that axe from somewhere. So it suggests yeah, he's he, been he, doing his usual tricks of, uh, killing people in power. Saving people, hunting things, family business. <laughs> Yeah, it, obviously he, he must have gotten the axe from somewhere. It has mythological elements to it. Um, I know there's a very interesting theory going around that maybe, uh, even though it's Norse mythology, whether the gods even exist right now, or maybe that they come to being with Kratos, and like Kratos may eventually become Odin himself. Yeah, there was, I was reading that, that Kratos hmm. might be Odin and the kid might be Thor. Which kind of would be cool, but at the same time, I would love to see Odin fight Thor. I mean, Kratos fight Thor and then get Thor's hammer, Molnir. Yeah. Only problem is he's got the same scars. 
you know, in his chest. That's yeah, where it's, yeah. It's been confirmed that it's one hundred percent. So I don't know that kind of throws that at the window in a sense. That's that's, the, that's going to be the fun bit, finding out why he's here, in how long has he been here? Yeah, and like like you said, the the making him feel a little more human. Like even side in the trailer, he's trying to control his rage as much as he can. Um, you saw it perfectly when the kid yeah. shoots the deer and misses, and Kratos gets really upset, but then you can see he's trying to calm himself down. You can down. even see the scars glow underneath the wraps, almost. Yeah. You know, where his chains were. Yeah, yeah, you're right, thinking about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, you clearly hear the monster, the, the big troll thing that he's fighting. He me- clearly mentions Valhalla. Um, what he says, we don't know, because I think it's actually a made-up language, um, except for Valhalla. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see where they go. Um, I, I it, If it comes to Kratos fighting the Norse gods, he has to have a, a reason to do it. Whether it's like, God should never exist, I'm going to destroy them all, or, you know, the kid probably gets killed, so Kratos goes on a rage again, which... I actually don't think Kratos will kill the gods in this one. I think he might side with them against something that's threatening the world. Like the The ice giants. Yeah, ice giants. Yeah. Yeah. With Loki. Yeah, I mean... Midgar. Yeah, Midgar. Eventually by the end. Yeah, like the end of the trilogy. Because you can see the snake in the trailer. You know, the serpent Midgar Soma. Mm-hmm. You can actually see it in the snake. Uh, in the trailer. Kind of. I'll have to see it again. I, I to to the I'll post a couple of GIFs in the Skype chat where you can kind of see in the background. Oh, okay. And there's a ghost that's following the kid. And it, it, it kind of puts its hand out, supposedly, just before the Cyclops is about to... Hit, yeah, they hit Kid Kratos. And yeah, then yeah. the Cyclops stops and turns around after, like, noticing the ghost. Oh, it's definitely something I'll have to check out again. I mean, there's still a lot of unanswered questions at the end of 3 as well, like, what happened with Athena? Uh, we know that she still exists because she's, like, on a different plane now. Um, whether she's going to make an appearance in this game or not, we saw he still has the Spartan Rage. People asking, well, why does he have that if it's a new mythology? It's like, well, because he was a Spartan, you know? Like, I think it's a dumb question to even ask, but it'll be interesting to see how much of um, the Greek stuff they can they bring over to Norse mythology. Um, like I said, with Athena and with Kratos, especially being probably the last two, um, I, could, I guess you can say, Greek gods that, that are still around and how they will impact this new mythology. Um, as far as the combat goes, um, it it's very interesting to see where they go with it. Uh, it did feel, obviously, a little more slow-paced. Uh, I don't know how they'll do it with, like, hordes of enemies, like Matt and God of War previously, um, because we only saw, like, him fighting two enemies or one giant one in this one. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Obviously, like I said, it does feel a little slower. Um, I actually like that pace. I think it makes it a lot more cinematic, the fights. Um, but we'll see. They have promised that the big epic God of War moments are still going to be in this game, so uh, I'm excited. I I'm a huge guy when it comes to the Norse mythology. I love that mythology, and 
more games that exist in it, the better for me. So. Dad Mike, what do you think of it? <laughs> oh, I can't follow up on that, seriously. <laughs> I've, um, I mean, I, I like God of War, but I never, I never own a God of War title. Um, so, I, I mean, I've seen uh, number three play through, but I never, it's one of those games that I'm never, I never got around to getting into for one reason or another. But um, I really did like, I really thought, I was really impressed by this trailer. I mean, I know enough about God of War to know, like, even though I hadn't really got into it, I obviously know what the basics are about. So I knew, I could see how different this one was, but um, it really appealed to me, actually. I thought, you know, apart from looking gorgeous, the graphics, um, the um, I like the change of pace a bit more. That seemed to, uh, that seemed pretty cool. Um, the whole father and son, if it is his son combo, was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, the um, I mean, it wasn't really much to go. There wasn't really much to go on from there. I mean, obviously they're still going to be. They said that it's not an open world game, but it's probably going to be a lot more, a lot bigger, as Neil said. Um, uh, you know, in terms of like how Uncharted's got bigger with number four and stuff, so it'll probably be like that, even though it's not proper open world. Um, you know, the um, they're still going to have all those big um boss um, encounters and stuff those epic kind of uh god of war set pieces and stuff so it'd be interesting to see how those play in but yeah um color me very intrigued uh that's about all i care to say on it right now but yeah it looks really really cool um well mike then uh if, if this is the case since you haven't really owned one would <laughs> there be enough here potentially for you to consider getting this one if not the rest of the series Oh, hell yeah. I'll, I'll definitely get this. I want to get God of War. I still want to go back and get the other ones. I've been meaning to for a while. Um, but yeah, no, i definitely get this one. Absolutely. I've been meaning to go back and get the other ones as it is before this was announced. But absolutely, yeah. Um, seems like, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm looking forward. Hopefully it's not going to be out. Um, hopefully we don't have to wait too long for it to come out. Hopefully it will be a, a 2017 game. I, I want to say, like, summer 2000. Nah, fall, probably fall 2017. Yeah, yeah. Corey, Corey Balrog said it's going to be soon, but not 2016. Oh, that's cool then, yeah. Well, then it I might mean... be summer then, because they're normally summerish games. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, they've been all over. I think the last one was um, March. March, essentially. March 2010, so... Yeah. And then three, even, uh, the three remaster came out in March. So Ooh, I'm yeah. going to call March. Right. No, free re- I'm sure the free remaster was in the summer, wasn't it? Well, March is technically summer. March summer to me is June July. Oh, <laughs> doesn't the uh, the fiscal year of the previous year ends March thirty first? Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose if we're talking that, it becomes another um, kettle of fish, I guess. But I'm talking about just like you know, just for regular seasons and stuff. When I when someone says a game's coming out in the summer, I automatically think. Do you um, know what's interesting? By the way, um, the the first God of War was also released in March. Wow. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I think we're gonna call March. All right, yeah, well, <laughs> was March. we're going to go Farmer's Almanac on this one. <laughs> yeah, Ascension <laughs> was March, so that makes sense. Yeah. And God of War 3, the original version was March as well. So, yeah. They remastered with March. I think they liked the month March. Yeah, and yeah. 2 was, I don't know when 2 came out. I think that might have been spring. I'm not too sure, but it could have been around that. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but to answer your question, Tim, yes, definitely. I will get it. Okay, we're going to go to another game. Right, that... Just, oh, just cool. a Shout quickly, yeah, March 13th, 2007, God of War 2. Oh, look, wow. March. <laughs> okay, March then. <laughs> I think it's going to be March. Yeah, I don't know where we're going to get this it. evidence from, but I'm guessing March. Um, <laughs> it's another game that yeah, we finally... Right, and again, 
Do you just want to know when Ascension came out? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, go ahead. <laughs> March 12, 2013. I thought because About, everyone hates uh, it, maybe yeah. it'd be like June. Just, no, just to yeah. ruin, the, <laughs> ruin the connection. Chains of Olympus? <laughs> Ghosts of Sparta? <laughs> Should we go there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to assume uh, March. March 4th, 2008. The <laughs> <laughs> Chains of Olympus. And... <gasps> The one that breaks the camel's back, uh, Ghost of Spark, was November. <laughs> but then oh, it was oh. it as God of War 3. So. Oh. Uh. Oh, wow. That's a, they broke the chain there. They broke the chains. Yeah. Of Olympus. Yeah. <laughs> cool. What's up next then, Ben? Okay, well, as we were talking about release dates, I think we should go to the game that everyone's been excited for because it finally has one. The Last Guardian. Um, yes, you heard that right. October something something, I forgot the day now, will be the okay. release of The Last Guardian on PS4. At last, finally. It's my favourite favorite day of October, something something. <laughs> <laughs> the, the leaves start turning and you know, the chill in the air. Good old something something. But okay. <laughs> it is the best time of October. It's not yeah. too warm. But it's not getting too chilly. It's just perfect. Uh, it could it, be Halloween. It might not be Halloween. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Things can never get too chilly. Am I right, Chilly? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> anyway, we'll go talk about the actual game now, which, I, to be honest, didn't pay that much attention to because I've got too, it's got hyped way too much because it's been around so yeah, been announced so much that I'm kind of I'm I'm worried it's going to be disappointed. It's I'm worried that they're going to pull another Duke Nukem forever. Even though I hope they don't, because the game does look good. Well, what about... Yeah. Um, didn't we get to play it at E3, Carl and the guys? Surely they got some hands-on time with it, because everyone else seems to have done. Probably. Unless, unless that's still coming up, because I'm interested to see what it was like. Yeah, I um, want to see what it's like, because I'm, you know, I, I, it's coming out at the wrong time of year. Because this year is ridiculous for games, in my mm. opinion. October especially. They gotta get it out though. Like they, yeah, if yeah. they wait until 2017, you know, it's already been what a billion years since they announced the game. <laughs> yeah, but it, you, you gotta think that if, be... even if they don't take the chance and put it in among all these other big games, kind of trying to parallel it to the same sense of those games. Yeah. That if they try to give it its own space, it'll be longer. People go, ah, uh, you know, a billion years is a long time. I don't want to wait a billion and one. What about the second? <sighs> well, the thing is, it's the next obvious gap. Yeah. After No Man's Sky, which is out in August, yeah. so you've got our thing there, and then December's just no. People have run out of money by then. But and well, the so with December October games is, tend though, to die a lot yep. more. So I say October, yeah. you're more likely to have people picking up multiple games. Well, so, well, but the thing is that October's also the month of PSVR, so they're going to be promoting the hell out of that. I can see the Last Guardian just going out to die because of that. I mean, when has Sony I, ever been good at promoting more than one thing at a time? Well, they're yeah, not very good at promoting the first-party games anyway, but yeah. the ones they do don't tend to be as good as the ones that they don't. I mean, Ratchet again, and Clank... Then uh, again, Until Dawn received little promotion, and look how well that did. So Yeah, same with Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank had no push at all, and yeah. it turned out that, you know, it's reviewed really well. Yeah. Although, to be but, fair, I don't think either of those games came out in a particularly busy time. No, they so, didn't, so... so, so that's that, that, that just it, they... They could have pushed it, you know. Ratchet and Clank was 
a few weeks was going to be around the same time as Uncharted, and yet Uncharted was still getting bigger push advertising wise weeks before its release. And Ratchet and Clank was out the next day, and there's nothing. Which is weird because I saw in all the time of that game was marketed, I saw one poster and one bus um, advertisement for Uncharted 4 and that was it. (laughs) Which is weird because for a a first party game that was the biggest marketing push ever. Which is I saw it everywhere. No, I didn't. Maybe Red sucks. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't see anywhere for Uncharted, but I live in Scarborough. Nothing's ever there, so (laughs) apart from Bloodborne, that was step there. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Ben. What were you saying? I didn't mean to sort of. Um, anyway, I will go. Uh, well, not really because we need to discuss this anyway. So, okay. <laughs> uh, let's go with Mike as he's been discussing it. Your opinion on the Last Guardian? Um, I hope it does well. I really do. I think it's um, it's had a lot of. I know we've waited like forever for it. I mean, next year will be ten years since it started development because apparently it's, uh, it's been in development since two thousand and seven. Um, but I've always, ha- I've always um had high hopes for the game and they, you know, you know, despite what's happened, you know, it, it does kind of suck what happened with the um, development and everything. I mean, we don't know exactly what went on, but, you know, they, they had to cut a whole generation out of it. The creator sort of, sort of left Sony, you know, for me to, for me to, um, Uida, he left um, Sony to work in a freelance capacity. So something happened there. Then I think one of the producers left or something like that. Anyway, it's had a whole, considering the amount of trouble it has had, I really hope that his, um, it lived up to his vision and it's actually appreciated because I think it has, it look. I mean, you know, I haven't really seen enough of it to really gauge, I guess. But I just think if it's anything like um, Shadow of a Colossus and um, Ico, which are they're very much their very own style of games, they always have. They, I mean, those were very well received. They're quite. Um, they're kind of niche, but they're still, you know, mechanically really solid games and quite unique. No, no one really does anything like those type of games. Um, you know, art direction, certain gameplay. You know, the whole feel, the atmosphere. So. Um, I think, um, you know, I, I think it's got as good of um, reason as any to be to be to live up to that kind of expectation. Um, so I really hope it does well, and I, I'm definitely getting it. I will definitely get it. I mean, it was a lovely collector's edition now for it as well, which mm. is um, it's really really gorgeous. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to set the world on fire, but I think it'd be a solid. Um, I hate that. I, I can't believe I'm actually going to say this, but putting sort of arbitrary numbers on it but i think it'd be a solid um nine eight eight point five nine out of ten game that will be that will please a lot of people but there's definitely going to be the uh you know the um the the whole kind of um shite brigade (laughs) brigade who come down on it and say oh the biggest flop ever 10 years and it's just been and you know what an absolute waste it's going to attract a lot of that i think definitely but to be honest most of those people will be people that didn't really give a shit in the first place yeah exactly there, there isn't really that big of an audience looking for this. You know, it's like I mean, that's the thing to remember. It doesn't really matter if it sells that well at this point. Yeah. And that's where Sony. I mean, that's exactly what Sony's thinking was with Until Dawn and Ratchet and Clank. So, if it sells, it sells. You know, it's like okay, yeah. we don't mind. We just want to get it out there. Yeah, once it's out, it. it's out. Yeah, let's um, yeah. you know, get. Uh, sorry, excuse me. Get Team mm. Ico working on their next project, which will hopefully not take ten years nearly to come out. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, um, I'm rooting for it. That's what I'm saying. I'm a rooting for you, girl. I'm rooting. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Uh, Neil. <laughs> this is why I hate Skype, uh, because I can't press touch for talk after mute and unmute. So, uh, 
it's fine. Sorry. I was going to jump in. I thought, no, that'd be rude. I've been doing that already. So. <laughs> um, that's why I changed the habit of a lifetime, he says. So, um, yeah. I've not long ago played Ico again and uh, just bloody beautiful game still. You know, for as simple as it is and you know, it still works. What it does, it's just it has its own direction. It doesn't care for what other games do in that sense. It's, it is just so unique yet yeah, despite that simplicity and it's the same you could say the same with Shadow of the Glasses. It's you know, you boil it down, it's a, a bunch of boss fights. That's it. But it's what you do with that. What they do with that, I should say. It's is phenomenal, you know. I don't know, I still kinda of trust them to make something good out of this. Um interesting change in the sense that the rest of the world looks much like it did. But the uh, the boy looks a bit more animated. I would say that you know facial features are a bit more cartoony to make him a bit more expressive, which they they didn't really have uh, with the PS2 era games because you know, technology. So yeah, it's nice to see that. It, I, I don't know if that will jar slightly with the look of the rest of the game, but uh, I, I, like I said, I trust. If anything. With that game, you have to trust the art direction on it. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm still very much looking forward to it. And hopefully, I would be very honoured if I do get to review that game uh, at one point. Because that is just a fascinating story. And I hope it does come to fruition. Critically, at least. You know, it's like, it'd be nice. If, if it was to do well, score-wise, uh, that, that's great. Uh, and But, yeah, a bonus for them, obviously, would be if it does super well. Yeah, money-wise, but it's not really that kind of game. Uh, it's like, I think that there's a number in their head there where they'll say, "No, that's fine. That'll do. We don't. Yeah. We don't have to go make crazy." We've already had yeah. Uncharted Four make our millions this year. <laughs> yes, yeah, oh, yeah, and No Man's Sky would have been out yeah, a couple of months by that point. Probably will. Uh, by the way, why you brought up No Man's Sky? I want to bring this up as well quickly. Sorry for jumping in. Yeah, no go because I like this story. You guys so. hear about the lawsuit that has been happening between Sky and the company uh, No Man's Sky? Uh, I caught, I literally saw a title of it today and was like, what? what what's going on? <laughs> it seems that Sky was suing No Man's Sky for using the word Sky in the title. That's a Trump move. Oh, are you serious? For using the word Sky? Yeah. This, is, like, this is Rupert Murdoch, to be yeah. honest. So. <laughs> well, it's like Beth Sidia that tried to, uh, tried to sue, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, what's his, the guy did Minecraft. Oh, because of scrolls. Yeah, yeah, because they had the name scrolls, and they, they thought it'd be a copyright infringement. This is copyright infringement of yeah. Elder Scrolls. Well, the interesting thing that came out of that story was that they have successfully sued some. Well, not sued someone, but stopped yeah. someone from using Sky in their name, which was uh, Microsoft SkyDrive. Yeah, it's like they changed it to OneDrive because of that. Yeah. It's like just mad. Just like, but you there know, you go. It's understandable the if they were making, even if they're making some sort of TV show, video game. Then, yeah, I could understand that maybe, possibly, kind of, maybe, not really, but flimsy paper. Is this why we've yeah. never had another, another Sky of Arcadia, you see? <laughs> well, no, that's Rupert Skies, Bell. not Sky. Oh, that's just it. That, well, they don't want to feel threatened by something that has more than one Sky. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they got all the Skies, what do we have? <laughs> see, I, I think they should have just renamed No Man's Sky to No Man's Space. Yeah, thematically, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind <laughs> oh, yeah. of works. 
This it character has more of a romantic aspect than Space yeah. does, so it, it, I really respect the choice. That's it. I'm glad they won. Yeah, wow. I'm glad they won, but it's... I just had to bring that up because of the whole thing that's been going on. Maybe that's why it got delayed. The, the... I would say that's quite likely, you know, thinking about it. Yeah. As much as the other stuff probably did help, you know, they could have a bit more time to polish it, but yeah. yeah. Releasing it with the name and then being told they can't use it and then having to retract copies with the name, and uh, yeah, that would just be ugly. When's and it out so, anyway? Is it August? August. August now. It was supposed uh, to be out this... Now? Well, yeah, three, now. Days, three days it would have been out, yeah. yeah so. Cool. Oh, I feel a bit sad now. Cheers for that, Ben. I didn't actually know about that. The more you know. The yeah. better you feel. Yeah. <laughs> Dora Cross. Anyway, oh, no, that's great. <laughs> I swiped my hand right as I said that, just to just to emulate the star. Even though you can't see it. <laughs> <I still did laughs> it. Anyway, back to the last guardian. <laughs> um I talked about it and Mike talked about it, so Tim or Gary, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, Tim or Gary, fight! Fight for our amusement of who's gonna talk well, if, next. If those are the standards, I've already lost. <laughs> <laughs> Gator B always win. <laughs> well, sometimes. Unless they're fighting themselves. Uh, yes, I'll go. Um, I'm actually really excited for The Last Guardian. Um, I actually think it's going to be a, a very good game. I think a lot of people um, question uh, why why it's been in development for so long. Um, the The only thing that I could think of in my personal opinion, is the same thing that happened with Final Fantasy XV, and that's hardware limitation. I don't think they realize... Well, I think they realized that what they wanted to achieve, they just couldn't do on a PS3. Mm-hmm. And, at that and the point, PS3 was a pain in the ass to make games for, so that would sort of be understandable as well. Yeah, and at that point, it was probably five, six years in development for it already. Um so that's personally what I think happened. Um, and the, then deciding to move it to the PS4, they have to rewrite some code. They have to do all the stuff to take it from the PS3 to the PS4. Um, and personally, that's why I think it took so long. But other than that, I think the trailer looked fantastic. Um, very intrigued by the introduction of the, the second beast, which looks uh, a little more evil. Uh, from, from what I could tell by its eyes, the, it had the big glowing red eyes. Um, it'll be interesting to see there. Uh, he's being chased by some enemies, so we know there's enemies he fights. Um, the, the little boy, at least. So there's obviously elements of combat in there as well. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know Sony may not have been pushing it as much, but that's because they've been keeping it under so much wraps. But I think... Come TGS and closer to... What was that? It is wise that they do that, I think, given the amount of time it's taken. Being a bit quiet on it is probably best, just to let the the game do the talking. Yeah, and I think come, like, TGS, where I think they'll have a lot more to show with it, uh, like a a stage demo for sure, um, I think we'll start to see a lot more advertisements for The Last Guardian heading into its release after Tokyo Game Show. Um, Personally, the collector's edition, Mike... um, I remember we, we chatted after uh, Sony press conference and I sent you that picture of the collector's edition uh, of The Last Guardian. Yeah, yeah, I remember. From, what was it, 2015 it was, I think? 
No, it was um something like it was April two thousand and fifteen before the game was even re revealed for PS four. Yeah. Yeah, and we were like, is this like a, an official one they announced before the game got went into like remission or something? I think that <laughs> statue actually looks a lot better than the one they have now. Yeah, um, it does. It was a bloody good fake, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, if it's a fake, it's a very good fake, but Yeah, yeah that, that was position. I think looks pretty good. Uh, I think the big sell for me on that collector's edition is the art book mm-hmm. because the art of those games is phenomenal and yeah. it's something I definitely want to check out. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just hope that you, we get it in the UK because um, so far it's only been announced, you know, in dollars, obviously for America, and there are, sometimes they have a tendency to uh, uh, release selected editions over here. I think the last was the um, the biggest one when you had the you guys had that absolutely phenomenally awesome. Um, post-pandemic edition, and we didn't get that, <laughs> but, uh, which sucked, because that was fantastic. I would, yeah, but, oh, man. That well, I'm looking a... it right now. £104. What? That's got I thought you meant the Last of Us pandemic one. I'm like, what? What? You're going to have to be <laughs> my thing, man. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, cool. Where'd you see that, Ben? What retailer? Gay. Oh, of course, £104.99p. I'm going there right now. I've got a link. I think I'd have to. Mike. Oh, cheers. Cool. Thanks for that. Someone just uh, said... Mike, Mike, another another recommendation, Mike, is uh, Play Asia. Yeah, Play Asia. Oh, Play Asia. Yeah, of course. They, don't, yeah, they, have, they have different things from, like, all over the world. Not yeah, just they had the from... Last of Us there with free delivery as well, that pandemic. Oh, God. Don't say that. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Thanks, uh, I completely forgot about those guys, seriously. Well, uh, yeah. at one point they did import to the UK, if I'm rightly. With a PS3 era, they stopped doing... You had to go to Yes Asia, if I'm rightly. Oh, right. Sony mm-hmm. stopped uh, PlayAsia from shipping them over to the UK because of reasons. I can't remember what the reason was. Oh, they they were importing the, something earlier than they should have, you know, oh, by okay. a lot. And they, they kind of pissed Sony off, if I'm rightly. Oh. I think it was wow. PSP. All right. Wow, Mafia Freeze is 130 quid. I wonder what the hell you get with that. Anyway, sorry, carry on. <laughs> you get yeah. an actual Mafia. <laughs> mafia. That's a pretty I'm good done. deal. So, so, Tim, it's it's your turn. Thank you, my star. Um, I, uh, on the note of the collector's edition, I'll be brief. I am in love with the statue. I'm like, all the haters in here. I am in love with that statue. I love how charming it is. I love how it, like, kind of just embodies the presence of the creature itself being so big, yet so, like, passive and timid and like, almost, like, accident. Like, it's, like, when... I just love it. It works so well, because when you see the game, or the, the creature interact with the world, if it breaks something, it feels, like, accidental and almost shameful, the fact that it's, like, breaking things underneath it, almost like a, just a natural sense of innocence. And that's captured in the statue, and I'm such I'm in such a love with it. Uh, I just like an image of the of the one that Mike and I saw. Is it better than that one? Do you think? Personally, yeah, I do. Mostly because it's real. Uh, but <laughs> being real helps. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I'm I'm very much into it. I like how just kind of passive and introverted it is. It expresses really well exactly what the creature can be from the way and, and that kind of just for me parallels how it's it's been uh processed and rendered and expressed in the game itself so i feel like it 
it more is more appropriate. Um, but the game itself, um, and I'm I'm gonna feel like quite the tosser when I say this, but <laughs> I've yeah, it came out of an American mouth. I' gonna say that I have never played Ico. I own it on PS2, and That's I own the fair, remaster. I, I own it as well. And I've never really played them, so I never played it. I've, I've you wanted bloody heartless to. monsters. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've wanted to against want. Just know that I've I've looked at it plenty of times, and I go, I have these games that I know will distract me, so I leave it there because I want to give it the complete time of day, no delays, no interruptions from anything. I want to be able to just lock it in because I remember the first time, like the whole time I played Shadow of the Colossus. It was such an emotional thing for me. Raw, yeah, the whole time. Yeah, I I, once I finished, I played through the entire game again while my cousin watched because I wanted him to see it and he didn't get it. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to express my thoughts from the game onto him and he didn't get it. It broke my heart. But <laughs> I most still did. thing in games, like, or any media really, that, where you can you know, have so much to stay and feel about something, like a game like that. And you tell someone who's like, eh, look shit, mate. <laughs> so, I... so my heart was broken when I played it the first time just because it's so astounding. And then oh, my heart my... was broken again because my cousin didn't get it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I, the, I'm not trying to just segue with this whole thing, but the, the presence, the, just the general mentality I got from it is kind of like how uh, what I get certain senses of emotion and certain things from certain games. Like, I get, like, waves of nostalgia from Metal Gear Solid. I get this sense of, like, defeated hopefulness from, like, The Last of Us, you know, things like that. But when I saw the the trailer, like, this new trailer especially of The Last Guardian, it brought me back to my experience with Shadows of Colossus. Like, the whole time I felt like I was defeating myself by beating bosses, and I had that sense in the trailer, even. And when that second one, that second creature showed up, I knew right there that I was going to ball my eyes out because there was going to be sacrifice. <laughs> There's going to be sacrifice in this game. I promise you, just quote me down or smite me. Either way, I promise there will be sacrifice in this game, and I am going to ball like a crazy person. <laughs> oh, nice. I like that. I'm, I'm so in love with it. I'm so in love with the concept. I threw $100 at it, best $100 I've ever spent. Just kidding. Uh, that was... Metal Gear Solid Limited Edition. Metal Gear Solid Limited Edition. But, great $100 spent. I'm so excited for this. I October is not here. My soul's a little dead by saying it. I'm, uh, cool. And yeah. it kind of makes me go back to... And I don't mean to like drag this on a little bit too much. That's fine. With Neil, like, you, know, you mentioned that like, it, it's like Sony's kind of giving it its own, like not like free pass, but it's giving this sort of sense that they can kind of just do with it as they will, as they will. If the success yeah. is there, then it's successful. They're not, like, forcing them to do this. They're not making them get quotas. I get that sense from this game, and that's what this game deserves. Even if it doesn't end up breaking even, it's still a Sony developer, and Sony has scats of cash. That's it, and, and this, this is the position they were in. Yeah. Well, that's it, yeah. PS2 era, this is the position they were in. You know, they were a, a dominant force. They could allow themselves to have more... You know, bigger creative games, you know, things that are expressive, things that don't have to make tons of money that, that could just be there and 
be special. And to be fair, that is something that has lacked in the higher level games uh, the last generation or so. That you know, PS2 had that sort of balance of you had your you know big wow amazing games, and then you had these other games that were there. You would it's not fair to call them beat in some ways, but they are kind of that in terms of priority. But those beer tier games, we don't get anymore. The indie space kind of fills that in now. In having that, even then, I would always consider indie like C tier. I know yeah. that sounds weird, but my view is a lot. Unless it's a certain indie, you're sort of like looking at like the ten to twenty pound range mm. for most but indie right. titles. I think is about right. That's it. Whereas back then, you know, you could sell what would equate to that now. You know, a title that's smaller studio. No, less uh, you know, pandering to the consumer, so to speak, and give stuff like Iker and Shadow of the Colossus to the people. And it's just marvellous to have that. And they're games that still get talked about, and for good reason, because they are so unique and so different from everything else that was on that roster. And Sony needs something like that, I think, for their main catalogue. I mean, Until Dawn... Maybe you know very schlocky in very in many ways, but what it did was very impressive. You know, it was very again very different, very expressive, yeah. uh, a, a nice, interesting take on horror as well, which is again something that needed a, a shot in the arm. So yeah, I'm hoping. I, I don't know. I'm not even hoping really. I, I'm quite confident in the same way that Tim says that just. It, it sparks something, you know? There's something there about it that just says, yes, I know this game. I know what this game will be in my, to a degree because of what I've played before. Yeah. And even though you've just only played Shadow of the Colossus, Tim, you know, it's, that's it. That is the epitome of everything that studio do. You know, it's just a love letter to, like, ah, you do want to be a wank and say art, but it is. <laughs> so... <laughs> it, oh, it really yeah, is oh, like yeah. it's the closest thing yeah, to art it, in yeah. games to me like anything that yeah. makes you feel anything is worthy of the title art and yeah. I and that's how I'm always going to say it gaming has its own realm of art you're not going to see it up on a wall in the Louvre or anything no. like that but you're going to see it in people's minds and the way they talk about it in the same way yeah and it's art is art it's art no matter what yeah that's it very true Good. That's a good note to end on. Yeah, Yeah, I just want to clarify my opinion on indie games. I I love indie games, but I don't look at... When I buy an indie game, I don't look for a Final Fantasy or a Metal Gear-style top AA experience. Just wanted to clear everything else about that in case people find insulting them. No, I'll tell you what. We'll we'll have that conversation next week. Yeah, that sounds good. I think that's a good conversation to have yeah. because I think there'll be differing opinions on that one. But yeah, good. Now, now that you brought it up, I, I kind of have yeah. some thoughts on it too. So yeah, good yeah. topic. Okay. Be here next week, Tim. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> Same bat channels. <laughs> Same nope, bat not channel. anymore. Bye. No, nineteen sixty six Batman for me. Sorry, Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna go to something that I think we're all really, really stupidly excited for, just because. Crash Bandicoot. No, fuck off. Yeah. Okay. Bye. I, I bye. Click. I can't wait for a new Crash Bandicoot. Well, remaster Crash Bandicoot, but I'm not going to bring that up because Neil doesn't like it. So, uh, I mean, respect Neil's league. feelings. Kind of. Yeah, Neil's not the only one rowing that boat, sir. Okay, well, I respect <laughs> Neil's and Tim. Oh, I kind of want to bring it up now. Woo, Crash Bandicoot! 
<laughs> anyway, let's skip the let's spin away from this topic. I get it. <laughs> and go to uh, again. I think we're all really excited for, even though we've got no idea what the game's about, what it's going to look like, who's going to well, well, we kind of know who's in it, but we don't know what role he's playing, what character he's playing, what the engine will be. Even the creator doesn't know this, what the real title is going to be, because Chad says it's a prototype title. And we don't know the premise, or we don't know anything. But we're really, really excited for it, even though we know nothing about it. Uh, Death Stranded by the 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 godlike man himself. Mm. Um, I'm going to go with Mike at the start for this. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, leave it to Hideo Kojima to announce um, a game that's probably about three years out. Um <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I'm. I apart from the fact that it's Hideo Kojima, you know, it's great, great seeing him um, uh, back in the back in the game again after all the Konami um, debacle last year and everything, and also Norman Reedus as well, big fan of him, so that's great. I'm really thrilled to see those two teaming up again. Uh, shame Del Toro couldn't be involved, but who, who knows, knows for now? Yeah, he might. Who knows for now? He might. Yeah, it's still really early days. They they knocked that trailer up in uh, two months ago. Apparently, they haven't even started full production yet. They're still they looking. Haven't even got for- a game engine. Yeah, exactly. So that's why he was going on his tour. But anyway, um, from the teaser, the teaser was just deliciously weird and freaky and in all the same intriguing and gorgeous at the same time for me. I I mean, I, I know there's a couple of people who have gone into a few things, and I'm pretty sure Tim will have something to add about this, about the necklace, uh, the necklaces that uh, Norman Reedus's character was wearing and the symbols on those. I have gone into all that kind of the intricacies of that. Um, so I'm just remembering him picking up a baby um something uh, an umbilical cord there him crying the baby disappearing him looking out onto a beach with tons of sea life all dead so yeah i mean i have no it's apparently it is meant to be an action game but different to like you know different to the ones we're you know we're used to but it is going to be an action game um so uh, he does those games remarkably well of course hideo kojima does obviously stealth is his thing but you know action as well so I have no doubt in my mind that this is going to be mind blowing. Um, I have no idea what it's going to be about, but I'm I'm just very intrigued. I think it's uh, the only disappointment is, um, as I said, it's a long way off. I mean, we're looking at probably 2019 here. Um, it's you know it's a long way off, and we probably won't see anything for a while until they put some you know a good you know a good solid. Uh, well, I have no idea. Six months, twelve months, work into it. I have no idea. Probably get a few tidbits now and then, but yeah, we're not going to find out anything for a while. So I guess that's that leads to a, leaves a lot of speculation and kind of scrutinising the trailer, which a lot of people do. And to be fair, you know that, that's kind of fun and everything. But um, yeah, I, I wish I could add more. I have no, I can't make an intelligent guess as to what this game could be about. It's, um, I mean, Death Strand is the, the, the name, the phrase Death Stranding is about things being stranded that are dead. It's pretty self-explanatory. In this case, as you can see from the crabs, whales and fish and God knows whatever else were lumbered on the beach, uh, alongside, uh, Redis's character. So, um, obviously the baby thing is, um, rather is, um, a figurative and not literal, I'm guessing, cause you know, dissolving babies and all that aren't common as far as I know. Uh, at least not down in these parts, um, but <laughs> <laughs> like there's some phenomena of melting oil babies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So um, I, I'm guessing that's a, that's more of a, a symbolic thing, which is you know Hideo Kojima and everything. You know, that's that, that, I'd be willing yeah. to bet on that. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm I can, intrigued. Sorry, my, I can confirm I do have two children, and neither have turned into oil. 
Yeah, good. There we go. So yeah, no all yeah, no all children. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm 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 really um yeah too. I'm I'm really interested in this. I'm just um yeah, I, it's just got to suck waiting for it. That's all. That's uh, that's all I can add. Really sorry, I can't be a little bit more in depth, but I'm sure that I'm not the only one feeling like that. <laughs> unless some, <coughs> unless you guys have been examining it for like the last three or four days constantly, <laughs> and have found something. So, but yeah, uh, well, I can't wait. And and the great thing is, oh, the great thing is he's been given all the creative freedom he wants, which is fantastic. So I can't wait. So good, good old Sony for doing that because that's that's what he needs. He can't be restricted. He has to be given free reigns and just you let him loose. Simple as that. That's 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 oh what. Oh God, we're like, could you be loose? Oh God. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's me though. Anyway, so um, you guys want to, you know, Ben, you want to pass it to someone else? Oh yeah, pass it to uh, Tim. Yeah, good. <laughs> I've been rubbing my hands for the last five minutes. Um, <laughs> so I get a lot of things from this game. A lot of things I can't mention, but there are plenty of things that I can. Um, we're, uh, as we know, especially from what we saw from like the trailers leading up to the release for Phantom Pain and pretty much like any game, everything's either a dodge when it comes to Hideo Kojima or hyperbole. And I get the definite sense from this as well. I get a lot of senses from this game. Uh, I get initially, right away, I had this feeling of, like, purgatory. Right between life and death, you know, you have all these just bodies and things like that. And then I thought, well, what about the baby? The baby's not, like, physically there. Maybe in this interpretation of things, he's not old enough. The baby is, he, excuse me, the baby is not old enough to have a essence or a presence so it's not physically there. Then you have the sense that it was attached to him by a cord, like like a like a plug-in cord, umbilical cord, mm. also unnatural. And then the scars on his stomach, implying that a man had a C-section, also unnatural. So you get this sort of like sense throughout the whole thing, even with the five figures staring down at him from the sky, that he was shunned and made to recompense for his errors in some way uh, by like, not just like reliving them uh, because that would be more of like a, a hell cyclical sort of situation if we're going to go into that kind of realm. But the, the fact that um, he has these chain links on his necklace that have scientific uh, equations on them gives this feeling that he also like almost overstepped his bounds by exploring the limitations of the world and trying to get past them, maybe a sign of thing. So he was isolated for his overextension of self, overextension of humanity, trying to become better than what he should have been, those kind of things. Um, but outside of analysis, where is it? I need it. I need this right now. Mm-hmm. Like really, though... Anything created by Konami has its own air. And this definitely embodies into that. I'm a little, honestly, upset by the news that it's going to be an action game. Because with the way that the trailer came across, it doesn't really feel like it would fit within that realm. It feels more like, and it's not like a, like a Walking Dead, Telltale type thing where it's just point and click either. Uh, kind of heavy. Maybe, I guess a little Last of Us-esque. There's still heavy, still action, still spiel, but I don't think it's going to be on the same sort of like point-and-click 
aspect of Metal Gear Solid at the same time. But, but I was still a little, and I don't want to say disappointed because it's still in the hands of Almighty Kojima, but like, he's done a ton of action games already. I really want to see, and he's been talking about wanting to do something completely different from the realm of Metal Gear Solid, and Konami always pushed him back into that boat just because they like money. I said it. But they, I, I just, like, he wanted so badly to try something different, and I feel like he's just kind of, not like necessarily just putting on a new mask onto an old concept, because I'm pretty sure he's going to do this from like the ground up. It's going to be, it's going to feel different, but... I still worry that it's going to be like, oh, look, this is still kind of Metal Geary. And I know he knows what he's doing because he's still Kojima, but there's that small part of me that's going, Tim, stop fanboying over this. <laughs> I have that same voice, yeah. <laughs> but um, either way, I like, the title was very unique. I kind of It kind of stood out at the end of this the spiel that already stood out. So uh, the concept that lo- concept looks special. Norman Reedus is in it. I mean, two plus two is four. Like you really can't break something with a good concept like that. But I still, I, I need for a lot of reasons to know more. And Gary. <laughs> um, Kind of hard to say. Um, I'm excited that there is a Kojima game coming, but it's something we knew for a while now. Um, I'm not excited about the reveal of the trailer simply because I'm not a fan of companies announcing or reviewing a game before it's even in development. Um, the way I gather, the game right now is not in development. They don't have an engine. Sure, they probably have concept artists working on stuff, but there is no build for it whatsoever. Um, as far as we know, none of the stuff they showed in this trailer is even going to be in the, in the main game outside of maybe Norman Reedus. Um, so to, to me, it's, it's one of those things, like I just said, I, I don't like the fact that you reveal a game before you even start working on that game. To me, this is an elevator pitch. It's something that Kojima would go to a company and be like, this is the type of game I want to make. Here's a trailer we made for it. Do you want to give us money for it? Um, again, I, I am excited for it because it is a Kojima game. Um, I like the fact that he's partnered up with Norman Reedus again, even though Norman Reedus, to me, doesn't look like a scientist at all. <laughs> If that's what they're trying to tell me he is going to be with, with the dog tags he has, with the equations, in no way, shape, or form is he look like any sort of scientist to me. Of course not. He's Daryl Dixon, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just saying, like he just doesn't have that look to him at all. Um, I, I do believe, I, I think I said this when we were watching the trailer uh, at, the, at the conference, I think the game is going to have some sort of religious theme to it. I think you kind of touched upon that too, Tim, uh, about how much he's going, how much they're going scientifically, which I guess, you know, like, don't play God type of a thing. Um, But I am excited. I I am excited for it. Uh, I just don't think they should have shown it off. I really don't. I think we knew he was working on a game. We knew he was working 
he was searching for an engine. I don't think there's any real reason to announce the game so, so early before it's even in development. Um, but yeah, that that's all I have to say on that. Yeah, because we kind of just sit here going, well, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then it's going to be like a year and a half before we hear the name again. It might not even be a year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not even at next year's E3. Quite no, honestly. I think we'll see a teaser next, next E3. What would be surprising, though, is if there was this sort of like, 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 like the tech build for uh, uh, the Fox engine, like there was some sort of sense that it was actually a thing and they're actually doing things. And they actually, and it'd be kind of cool too if they kind of use these these next shows over the next couple of years to give this sense of how quickly a AAA game can develop, kind of like a like a, a clinic on developing games, on like going from yeah. you have right here, everybody knows it starts right here, everyone knows where it is here at this point, everyone knows where it is here. It only took two years. Everybody else, try to meet that that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. If, if it shows up next year, it's not going to be an uh, engine at all. I think it's still going to be. Seen. I think it'll be an engine, but I don't think we'll see more than thirty seconds. He has said yeah. he's chosen one. By the way, he just said he won't tell us which. So. <clears throat> he went on his little. He, <laughs> he went on his mini. He went there, so yeah. yeah he's uh, seen enough. He's seen enough engines. He went to America and Europe, didn't he? He saw um, Guerrilla mm-hmm. Games. Um, he saw the people of Dreams, uh, Media Molecule. Yeah, yeah, them as well. Mm-hmm. The only engine that matters is Naughty Dog's engine. Mm-hmm. And they're not sharing that age. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Sony can wrangle that if they needed it. So. Why wouldn't he just use his own one, the Fox engine? Is that is that um, Konami? Konami, is, that's that's Konami is it? Oh, they actually own. Oh, right. Okay, fair yeah. enough. You did all the words. Like... Our money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On the plus side, it still gets used for pets every year, so I'm happy. So. <laughs> right, so Neil, you're you're the last one. Um, yeah, I'm very different on the the whole uh, the big weight thing. I like the hunt of a Kojima game. I like the build up, the speculation, the, the trailers, the little sneak peeks, things like that. I mean, with the Phantom Pain, God, he did that so much. Just little hints here and there in what in his Twitter feed and little uh, stuff from rehearsals and little concept art and little just those tiny details. And then the trailers come along, and then they just leave you asking all these cool questions and he's gotten a knack. And since the Phantom Pain he has got a bloody good knack for choosing good songs for his trailers I mean I've he loved really every single social media too yeah he really he just that. he is a bloody he is an expert he really is on that he just and I could go into a whole other thing about you know the whole Phantom Pain thing is, and why it's so bloody clever uh, even though people hate it, it turned out in the end. It it's just it just speaks volumes. And even this trailer, again, for all the meanings that you have said, Tim, you know, with the on theories, which I do entirely believe to be the case too. I also think that being Kojima, it's always has another meaning, which is about Kojima, basically. He is you know, you could connect the whole he wakes up in this new place. Uh, his his baby has been taken from him, if you will, and uh, you know, it's been, literally been ripped out of him. His but the handcuffs you know, that he he had to Konami that you know, they are off, so to speak. He's free from that. Uh, it's just there's all those little signs of like, you know, 
I'm this the, the, even the purgatory type theme of it is like almost says you know we we haven't got an engine yet we have an idea we we're, we're in between things and we we want to take that next step beyond purgatory if you will it's that's yeah, what I love about his trailers about the games yeah with his track record it's just, and that's it and it's why it still fascinates me with him it just he can be daft as a brush he can. Poke, you know, he can push boobs in your face and yeah, make a philosophical point next, uh, straight after that. And that's just no one has. I mean, he's not even the greatest at being subtle about it and nuanced, but he does it better than anyone I know in the games industry. As I, and it might be a risk giving him free reign you know, in the sense of that, you know, I think the last time he really had free reign close to that is probably Sons of Liberty and. That's cracking for so many ways, but you know, mm. he, you can see why people don't like it because people don't and don't understand certain aspects of it. And Phantom Pain, I think, suffers the same fate. And in I don't for me with that game, it's like the further I've got away from it, the more I've appreciated it and the way it ended and the, that whole last cycle and the meanings behind it. It's yeah, it, again, it's going back to that whole. Uh, Last Guardian, Shadow of the Colossus, all that thing. It's another expressive game in the making, surely. And who more expressive than Kojima? And I, I think that's it. Sony have given them a blank checklist, basically, to say, you know, just just do something. People will lap it up. It's great. <laughs> you may not like the end result, but they'll lap it up. It's, uh... So, yeah, I'm beyond excited for it. The fact that there are only two things that really, really have just continued to play on my mind since their E3 reveals uh, were Resi 7 and this. And Resi 7 is only probably because, you know, you've had the demo thing to fall back on and explore more of it and get you thinking in that way, whereas this is literally a a few minutes trailer with Norman Reedus holding an oil baby. And it's just... Do you know how ridiculous it sounds to say that all week you've been thinking about deep philosophical ideas and thoughts about a trailer in which a naked Norman Reader is, is on a beach? I'll admit he has a nice ass. Yeah, but they could have given him anyone's ass, to be fair. So <laughs> We'll have to find out by evidence if it is his ass. God damn it, Norman. Ben, just, just Norman. mute yourself right now, Ben. <laughs> oh, you didn't hear. You didn't hear. Uh, Norman Reedus wasn't available for the mocap, so I offered. So that's my ass. <laughs> that explains everything. There we go. He's not, no, that's lies. We all know that they'd be like, the muscles would be filling the entire screen. <laughs> you wouldn't see anything else in the game. It'd just be. It's time to bench that thing. You need it in 4K at least just to show the muscles. Mike, they photoshopped you. How do you feel? Disgusting. <laughs> I think that pretty much proves it, doesn't it? That um, that was a very Kojima conversation. There, we went from talking about deep philosophical points to yes. about Neil Norman Reedus' ass. So it's, it's yeah. all really. yeah, That's very, it's very phenomenal. <laughs> and I, I hadn't really thought of it that way, Neil, in terms of his, like, the journey to the game, especially with his uh, his like, social media sense and his, his ability to almost control the interest of the industry with all of mm. his means of like, conveyance. 
Like it's uh, even if it ends up taking three or four years, with how much input he's more than likely going to be putting into like all fronts, it's probably going to be a very short four years. Yeah, because he's going to fill it with little pointers, and he never in the same way that other studios will saturate the market with tra- trailers and gameplay trailers and things like that. It will literally just be snippets here, there, everywhere. A trailer comes out. Explain some things and gives you a whole new bunch of questions, which is what you want, really, from your trailers. You don't want to hear everything. You don't want to see everything. It's, you want to have that mystery. I mean, you could say that with pretty much any of the Metal Gear games. It's like it never they never turn out quite how you expect them from the trailers. It's yeah, they, they have a very different sense, especially with the Phantom Pain, which just threw you off the scent about three, four times and made you think this, that, and the other. So, yeah, I've I'm going to enjoy the ride, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think that pretty much wraps up our talk on not Metal Gear. Yeah. <laughs> and you brought up an interesting game. There's a load of games we could talk about during this from the C3, such as For Honor, which looked pretty damn cool. Injustice 2, which looked... had Pirate Man. It had the Pirate Man on stage again, which is the <laughs> best thing about For Honor. Yeah, that, that was the best part of E3, that guy. That and Pelly, which we missed this year. Yeah, this year we got... Okay, Mourinho. So. Yeah, it was no Pelly. Uh, and Justice 2, which looked draw-dropping. I, I can't wait for that game. Draw-dropping? So literally, you're like, your pants. Uh, yeah. You're draw-dropping. <laughs> Fell to the ground. <laughs> I'm ready. Dropping draws. <laughs> I lost my pants during the Injustice 2 trailer. That is, that is fat. The elastic, the elastic snapped and they flung across the room. For reasons I don't want to say. Either way, Mike, it's uh, not going in a nice direction here. So. No. Steven did the pants either, so we can agree with that. <laughs> and... I if it's Tim's fault or your fault that it's getting smutty. Is that it? <laughs> I like to not take blame, so it's Ben's fault. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, uh, we'll go with Ben. Come yeah, I'll go with me for, for now. <laughs> Battlefield One looked good, but I think we can all agree that I think the last topic we should talk about out of all the games that got announced was Resident Evil Seven. Of course, there, there was oh, no oh, other I game would, to talk. I would about. be very disappointed if you didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was trying to think of some sort of troll game just to yeah. announce, just for a joke, but I couldn't think of one. All I could I, think about was how damn impressive that damn amazing god amazing demo was. I loved it. Yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, we'll go with Gary first because I think Mike will be talking for ages about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll make sure I curve my um, kind of. Um... Oh no, I don't, I don't mind. He's going to set the curve. That is. Yeah. <laughs> go on, Gaz. What my pants said. Mm. Well, <laughs> trust. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm glad you didn't pick me first because I need to go for a pee, so I'll be right back. <laughs> no, All the drawers are dropping right Don't now. Lie, You're going to stare at your ass in the mirror, aren't you? It's like, oh, that does look like Norman's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why is there oil on my hands? Where's that baby going? <laughs> Please don't cut this out. Please don't. <laughs> don't ever edit. So you're all right on that. So good. Okay. Gary. <laughs> okay, Resident Evil 7. Um, I think Resident Evil 7, in my opinion, was also the biggest surprise 
Um, not because we, we, we kind of assumed they had to have shown Resident Evil 7 at this press con- at E3 at least. But I don't th- I think the biggest surprise came when the actual logo appeared after that gameplay uh, video and the trailer. I don't not think. Not no, if you nail boat, you called it beforehand. <laughs> like a smug, smug bastard, you called the idea that that VR demo was Resident Evil. So, so I'm just going to keep going on about that as long as we. But even then, I think I think even you were surprised when the logo appeared. Oh yeah, well, more ha- very happy, you know, to see that it was. Yeah, I always think- thought spin-off, if anything, but yeah, yeah. the fact that it was at seven. I just want to jump up. I find it funny that it's called Resident Evil 7 Biohazard for us. But it's called Biohazard 7 Resident Evil in Japan. Yeah, because the whole logo thing works yeah. both ways. Yeah. There's a reason for it as well. It's because it features both an evil and a biohazard within the story of the main game, apparently. Yes. But that, that was the official reason given. That's because Kamen. the previous games didn't have any evil at all. Well, any biohazard. Last two were just evil in a different way, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's irreprehensible. <laughs> well, five was okay. Anyway, sorry for jumping in, Gary. Oh, oh, it's yeah, fine. It's um, fine. <laughs> I think the biggest surprise was the reveal of the name. I don't think a lot of people really expected that. You can even hear it in the audience, which was great. Um, when it comes to the the game, like the demo, I thought was really good. Um, obviously you didn't get to really do much in the demo outside of exploration and you can pick up an axe and kind of swing around, give you the idea of how maybe the combat would be in the game. Um, but I, I, I am very excited for the new direction that they decided to go with Resident Evil 7. Um, when they kept talking about they're going to go back to its roots, I was expecting more along the lines of Resident Evil 1. And, and its remake, where it's just going to be like old school isolation. Um, I was definitely not expecting a completely a complete change in even genre, if you want to call it. It's now a first person adventure game, um, which is pretty drastic. You go from you know third person to first person, and I, I think. It is a good change. I think it's definitely going to add more scares if it's from like the point of view of the person. Um, I, I never really thought Resident Evil was a scary game, a franchise, actually. Uh, the only real time I was ever scared in Resident Evil was when the dog jumped through the window. Um, outside of that, I never really considered Resident Evil an actual scary game, a franchise. Um, and this one, I think, is definitely going to change that. I think it's going to have a lot of great scares in it. Um, but there are a lot of, a lot of different things being reported on Resident Evil 7, which is very frustrating to me. Um, we've talked about this a while now, like there doesn't seem to be any concrete real information about it because Capcom was saying one thing in one interview, then they go to a different interview, they say some other things. It's really hard to pinpoint what the demo really has to do with the final game. Um... But I'm glad that there is a demo, and I am excited to see where they're going to go with with the final game. It takes place after six, um, I think three or six years after six. I'm not sure. Again, mixed reports coming out. Um, but if there's connections, um, I do want to know what those connections are. If it's, I, I'm hoping. 
personally that it's not one of those games where it takes place in the same timeline of Resident Evil, but it has nothing to do with the main core storyline and characters. That's something I don't want. I want there to be a connection. I want there to be a connection to the older characters in some way, even if it's the good guys or the bad guys. Uh, If it's Umbrella, if it's Tricell, I think there has to be a connection, and I think a lot of people feel that, actually. Um, I don't want it to be like uh, a Resident Evil Dead Aim or Resident Evil Survivor, where it takes place in the same universe, but it has nothing to do with the actual main storyline. It's its own spin-off storyline. Operation Raccoon City. <laughs> <laughs> Game of the year. Yes. Yes, and you know, like to me, it's just like uh, we talked about this. I, I personally feel like you saw you find you can find that umbrella helicopter picture in in <laughs> the demo. Um, if you really look at it, to me, it looks like an older picture, like a picture that was taken maybe during the Raccoon City incident. Uh, those helicopters, to me, look like the helicopters that um, dropped off uh, Carlos and his team in Resident Evil 3. Um, so, I don't know if, if Umbrella is still kind of existing. I'm hoping they are. Um, it just kind of goes back to what we were talking about long ago on our Resident Evil podcast, where I personally feel destroying Umbrella was the biggest mistake they did. Um, and especially the way they did it in a spin-off title, uh, Darkside Chronicles, where we finally find out what happened to Umbrella, I thought was a terrible idea. Um, and I think they've been trying to recreate that same kind of evil corporation throughout 4, 5, and 6, and they failed at that. So uh, from... If I'm just judging you by the photograph you find, I'm hoping there is a connection to Umbrella if they're still around. Um, I don't know, but very excited for it. Um, probably right now a little more hesitant simply because from, again, all the mixed things they're saying is they're saying the demo has nothing to do with the main game. It's just to kind of demonstrate the direction we're going with, the camera system we're going with things like that. Um, so I'm wondering if, okay, if it's still going to be first person, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to have less gunplay or action, you know? So I, I'm hesitant, but I'm also very excited. I That's think we'll I... go with, with Tim next. So I'm going to uh, put myself out on the plank here and say that I haven't played the Resident Evil demo yet. Um, Go download it. I, I have it downloaded. That's oh. And that's what makes me on the plank, I think. Um, I was awed, almost, by the trailer. And I think like what that game was able to do, unlike a lot of other similar-like games, like Layers of Fear and uh, even um, Outlast, is that they... I know it came out way before. Outlast is a bad example because it kind of came out after. And I guess... Uh, layers of fear, I don't know. But anyway, like they have this kind of mentality that they're trying to channel what the special sort of nuance and feel and aesthetic that came out of PT. And out of everything that's been out within the last year, the closest thing for me is Resident Evil, this trailer. It was very special because I, I kind of got that same sort of like out-of-control feeling 
And that's what really horror games yes. are about. I, I remember way, well, actually not way back, it was per Mike's recommendation slash forceful language for me to play <laughs> Resident Evil again. So I whipped it up on my phone from my emulator, and I, I turned off the lights just to make sure that I was in kind of like a, at least a semi-conductive sort of environment for this sort of thing. And I played, and this is going to go against what you were saying, Gary, about them not being horror games. I got through the first part, you know, where he's getting chased, where uh, main character's getting chased uh, into that, uh, that dead end. And you die, like you have to die. I Even though it's been a billion years since that game came out, I... And I never played it back then, even. So I had no sort of like preconceived notions uh, to the first one. Tim, eh. I think you might be talking about Silent Hill One, there, mate. Yeah, it sounds like Silent Hill. It's Silent Hill because I told you you should play Silent Hill, and you went. I remember you went and played it for a bit because um, you're thinking of. Yeah, it was a. It's a snowy town you go in when he's looking for his daughter, right? And then you no. go. Oh, uh, what the way you just the way you describe that scene is what happens in Silent Hill One. When you go to the, uh, you you end up getting attacked by those demon things, and then you die, then you sort of die, then you wake up afterwards. Where the hell have I been? <laughs> Silent, Hill. Silent Hill. It sounds like. Yeah, that that is Silent. That's Silent Hill one. That is, um, unless there's a Resident Evil. Uh, can someone remind me of? A, well, describe the scene to me. Uh, what you remember, uh, Tim? Like there's fire and stuff, like and they're and it's all chained in, and like you get caught in between these chains, and they're like little dog things going after her, and you end up dying and then waking up. But I don't remember there being like a like a Silent Hill sort of mentality to the whole thing, and like Silent Hill has like themes and visionary cues, and you know like the, the London fog. Uh, but you know, I you said Resident Two, sure. Yeah, I think it might be Resident Two. Because don't you, like, isn't it in, like, a town? Yeah, yeah. You're on, you're at the car crash, then you're on, everything's on fire, and there's zombies shambling about the place. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yes. Maybe it was Resident Evil 2. Yeah, sorry, I just... I, I, it sounded so Silent Hillish to me. Um, was, oh, never mind. Because I know you did try Silent Hill. You definitely tried Silent Hill, because I recommended that to you. Yeah, and that was... I tried that with the PlayStation 3 remaster thing. That was really bad. Oh, right, right. Uh, Okay, I, I'm really I, I'm glad I was in the right realm because I would have felt like a complete ass. <laughs> no, sorry, no, um, I didn't mean to derail you there, Tim. It just sounded so much like Silent Hill when you described about the person dying and then waking up. That's all. But yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I don't remember the dying pie. Resident it could have been Resident. It could have been Resident Evil Two. You were talking about with fire and stuff. And um, anyway, sorry. Carry on, dude. <laughs> but yeah, like this kind of goes against what you were saying, Gary, about the Resident Evil games not being. Uh, you know, considered scary games, which is pretty much true for a lot of the new ones. But with with two, even in its archaic visuals and nature and the whole spiel, I was still getting this sense of urgency and fear because I was so out of control. And that's what makes and that's what's been lost with a lot of games now that are trying to do the sort of horror like spiel. They're not they're giving you too much control. You can't be in control. Like that's the, and that's what made those games so special on the PS1 because your controller was limited, the hardware was limited, so they limited you from what you could do, and that's what made them more more intense and more scary. But now everything's free reign. Everything's all power. Everything's just crazy. Everything is do what you want. Give them all the power, and you lose it. You lose that element of control. And like I gotta go to go back to Outlast a bit. 
when I first and I when I play horror games, I tend to kind of like demean them as I go along for my own sake because I don't want to, you know, scare the pants off myself, Ben. <laughs> Not <laughs> the same way. <laughs> but there have been plenty of games like uh, the original Fear or um oh what's that game? It was on it was on everything. It was I remember playing it on my cousin's Xbox 360. Um, started with a C. Scary as hell. Uh, Condemned. Um, there it is. Scary as hell. Which like, uh, those, the demo those, feels a lot like, funnily enough. You mentioned that. It reminds me more of PT or Outlast, but yeah, you could have those same feelings as well. Yeah, like those two games, like Fear and Condemned, genuinely scared me. Where like Outlast, I was kind of running through stuff. You know, at the very beginning when you open that door and that dead body swings at you, I was yeah. already the door when that do- when that thing swung. And I hate it. And, it, it, and even with uh, the guy that, I can't remember his name, the guy who chased after you, it shows you how invested I was in this game. The guy that chases you the most of the game. I can't remember his name. But like, if, you, if you run around like a crazy person, you know, just here and there and whatever, he doesn't really, he kind of like follows a rail. You can even watch him. Like I, in that, uh, there's one scene where like, you're in the sewer and it's all dark and it's this big square and you're trying to avoid him and get to the ladder. Uh, I remember kind of like running around him, doing some weird stuff, and I turned around and I saw him come across. Like he was kind of coming at me, and then he went to the left for no reason, and then took us like a like an angled approach and a couple different like straight angles. There was no curve. It was like he was on a rail, and that kind of stuff was all over in Outlast, and it broke me. It broke my interest in the game entirely, and I kind of just stopped after that scene. I so, think that's not... what, what you're describing, though, Tim, is something that's kind of an issue with almost all the games that are like that. Even Alien Isolation had that exact same thing where you're hiding from the alien and you can see the pattern that it follows. And once you memorize that pattern, that's how you pretty much survive and not get seen the by the alien. The problem with that is any game will be like that because they can't, unless, well, for now anyway, because... It's almost impossible to make some sort of random AI that won't follow some kind of pattern. I mean, yeah, I even think, if you uh, randomize uh, it, there'll be some kind of pattern. Yeah. No, but, but I don't, I'm don't specifically... think it's credit for that, though, to Alien Isolation, because I think the Alien is probably one of the more sophisticated versions of that idea, you know, something chasing you. They fudge it by you know, getting it to just appear where it really shouldn't appear, uh, to throw you off, and but, you, you know, the, the rules are there, and that, that is kind of what you want in a way. You need to know what the basic rules are, but it isn't like uh, Tim was saying with Outlast, where, yeah, you can see the paths very, very clearly. Whereas there, there is at least an air of unpredictability with the alien in isolation. Yeah, but I was yeah. just specifically talking about that type of franchise. Yeah, where yeah. You have to, hide, like, even going old school to the Super Nintendo, if you ever played Clock Tower, um... Mm had the, pretty much kind of the same thing where you could memorize the pattern of when you're going to be attacked and where to hide to get away from them. Um, that, that just kind of the point. Yeah. 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 You can say the same with nemesis actually when you're talking resi, it's like, but it did not make it any less scary. No, no, right. it definitely did. No. <coughs> but so, sorry, Tim, go ahead. <laughs> uh, but, but really though, like, it's it's those certain things that dissociate people from the fear of it all. And it's almost hypocritical to the attempt where like would but yeah, uh 
that's what the that's not the kind of feeling that I got from the Resident Evil demo. It felt very raw, very you know paced slowly, like like you were being watched constantly, like you were under some sort of hindrance. It felt very like you still had free quote free reign on what you'd expect in reality, which nowadays is still important because you can't just take it away. You can't just give them tank controls, you know, from a, cam- a camera angle from a billion years away, light years, excuse me, billion light years away. Uh, you gotta, you gotta still keep within the confines of expectations, kind of thing with today for today's kind of like gaming scheme. But you can also take away certain things, like they, like it being like a, a jump scare or the rail thing. Especially with hardware, the hardware is so much more sophisticated. Using things like saying things that. Like, you can't create an AI that's sophisticated. At this point now is almost an excuse with how much horsepower there is and how big in the fairness, teams are getting. Yeah. In fairness, though, with games like Outlast and Lift of Fear, they are indie teams. They are very small teams working on it. So you can kind of accept that a little more, I think, with that. Whereas, you know, well, Creative sure. Assembly showed that with a bit more grunt behind it, you can make a decent AI in a horror to sort of pursue you. So, yeah. I mean, and what could surprise me actually when you mentioned Layers of Fear is the fact that it was made by the people who made Basement Crawl, which is like, you know, there's a million light years between those two games, and it's like, yeah, but yeah, go to carry on. But yeah, well, actually, in defense of Layers of Fear, is that they kind of give this lack of control with the environment because, like, I remember this one, mm-hmm. this one room where you turn around and there's something there, and you turn around and there's a door, you turn around again, the door yeah. is gone. Oh yeah, absolutely loved it. By the way, it's just as a, it's still one of my favorites from this year. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, even with limitations, you can still do things like take control away from the player. Like, not just the the fact that you can move around and move your camera around and things like that. Not like the input on the controller, but the control on the environment itself. Like, you can you can do that even with limitations. And Layers of Fear proved that with such a small team. Even though it's not complicated, it's not crazy. It doesn't go on for you know, like 20, 30 hours as you expect from a game that would be like AAA class or things like that. But like, it's still there. So with an example like Layer of Fear on there versus something like Outlast, saying it's an indie team doesn't necessarily vindicate it from oh, making no. those mistakes. No, of course not. But yeah, you can see why maybe they couldn't reach quite as high as they might want to the first time. I think... Red Barrels are probably going to do a lot better with Outlast 2 as they've had that experience the first time around and say, okay, well, we know what did work and what didn't work. Maybe we can improve that. We've got you know, more resources, more oh, time sure. perhaps. So, yeah, it's that I think is, in the Indiescape can be the case. It's, uh, if you're shooting for anything higher than a 2D game, then you are going to end up having problems and trying to make everything work because you're going to have to sacrifice something. I think mm-hmm. it, it, in order to get it out in a timely fashion, at least, I think. So, yeah, but it's, as but, you yeah. say, Layers of Fear does that probably better in its own way than Outlast did. But then it's further along the chain, if you will. So, Yeah, yeah. That's a good point, so. Uh, so with that in mind, like you get the, the mentality of that you received from the Resident Evil demo. And then you go, mm-hmm. well, this is a big team. This is Capcom. They have, they have scads of cash, right? Like they can make this. They can make this big. They can make this work. They can keep that ambiance. So, like the thing that excites me the most is that they have. They created this 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 kitchen demo 
to do that sort of thing, to represent what they kind of the pace they want to take. But the fact that that doesn't have that, that it's not going to be in there both excites me and worries me, because if that's not going to be in there, like, why did they make it? Like, they put a lot of time and effort into it, and they've had it shown a few places. Like, why would they not want to use it? Why would they not want to keep that same tone? Why would they not want to have, like, a, hey, look, I'm here, and then mix it up with something special? Yeah, I think they will. I think, like I said, I think the tone, I think the underlying story of that demo will be in the main game. It's just they won't use the characters or the location. It'll be slightly, somewhere slightly further along the, um, what's known as the black belt of the US, you know, and it will be set in a similar sort of place with the same undertones of this conspiracy going on. But yeah, I'll, I'll probably get onto that in a minute. Of you could take the meaning of some of the stuff in it two ways. Yeah, so I think it will carry over to a degree by just saying, yeah, what they're saying is what you the, the characters and the setting in the demo will not be involved in the main game, but it's like a prologue. It's like in a horror movie where they go and show something that happened a few years ago, or a few months ago in another location that has a connection somewhere. And then oh, yeah. you know, like someone, and someone gets killed there and then you get to the main story and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. much like, um, if you think about it, the original Resident Evil without, you know, they didn't get into it, but obviously they had this whole set up story of, all you know, people were disappearing in the Arkley Mountains and you know, all that. And then in, it just so happens that after that all happens, a team stumbles upon this mansion that happens to be the centre of it all. So it, I think I see it as a similar gap. This is the bit that in the original Resident Evil they couldn't do, you know, where they could just say, here's your setup, here's your, you know, here's something to stew on until January and, uh, you know, get your ideas in of what could be going on. And that, that I said to Mike in the week, that is one of the best things about the earlier resis. It's just all this lore behind everything. That's all these little tidbits and side stories and news reports of things that have happened around the events of the games yeah. work so well. And I think that is exactly what this teaser does very well. And then you keep that because like four, like I, four honestly got me into the franchise. Like I couldn't get around the tank controls. When I was a very simple, and I was a, a simple young lad way back when, <laughs> but four got me into it. I absolutely just dug into it, and I kind of justified myself with it because it still technically had tank controls. You know, up was always forward. Uh, yeah, so, still sluggish by comparison to well, six. <laughs> but I was into four. I was crazy about four, and then five was okay. I'm kind of eh, okay. Well, uh, maybe next time. I still played it. Still platinumed it. Uh, six really took me out. It was so Hollywood, I couldn't handle it. It so, was a mess. Yeah, that was a Frankenstein's monster of a game, that was. It's just trying to be too many things and wasn't jack of all trades and a master of none, I think the phrase is. Yeah. So like, the the fact that it's kind of going back to that form, a little bit more organic than the uh, original concept, but still kind of like, taking in that identity really appeases to me. Like I really want to get into it. I want this to be their standard now. So if it becomes yeah. their standard, I'd be, I'm 100% on board. Off the plank, on board. <laughs> Excellent. And Mike, what do you think of Resident Evil 7? It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, um, 
This is it's been interesting for me, Resident Evil. I mean, obviously we had the madness of E3, so I think it's only really been in the last couple of days I've been able to digest, digest everything because I've been tucking into the demo quite a lot. Um, I was, and my initial thoughts actually were, this isn't Resident Evil because, uh, and I, I kind of still stand by that in the sense that not that it's a bad thing, in the sense that it doesn't feel like Resident Evil because it doesn't. It's first person. It's it feels like a lot like PT, Silent Hill, Silent Hills. It's got like ghostly visions and stuff in it and stuff that's you know that's obviously not resident evil that we're you know we're, we're used to and as i said to neil in the week it's it makes it is a very texas chainsaw kind of massacre feel to the whole thing you know uh, you know this old cottage in the middle of nowhere inhabited by weirdos and all that want to chop you up into little bits and serve them up to the, to their family and stuff but you know it's um i i'm really honestly i really am looking forward to this game i think the there's no doubt about it. Fundamentally, when you want to strip all that kind of stuff back, they're going back to the they're, they're really putting horror, survival horror at the forefront of this. I mean, it, it look it really looks like we're going to be getting. Um, I think, I mean, they said obviously there've been loads of interviews this uh, the past um, couple of days and everything from E3, but they've said one of the things that I picked out that um, pleased me is they said it's not going to be with it's not going to be in the sense of like you're going to be mowing down hordes of zombies and stuff they want the combat to be more intimate so i think what we're going to be going for is probably uh encounters one one one-on-one encounters small groups of enemies with limited supplies and everything which is um which pleases me because that's kind of what the other ones were i mean you had you had larger groups of zombies but it wasn't anything like we're not talking about the the scale of the latter games and certainly not on dead rising scale all that kind of stuff so I'm happy about that, and the uh, the setting itself looks really good. I mean, it's set on a pl- uh, plantation with a mansion and everything in, uh, I think it's Louisiana, they said, um, which sounds great. I love that kind of setting. I mean, I've Louisiana, um, on a side note, I mean, I, I've always been into ghosts and all that kind of stuff, and I know Louisiana has a very strong history of hauntings and stuff. It's like one of the most yeah. haunted places in America, apparently, and... Um, don't quote me on that, but this is just what I've seen from various uh, documents. I'll, I'll probably get into that in a second, actually. Cause, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Cool. Should I do that now? Um, well, I'll just, yeah, just, I'll just wrap up quickly. And, um, yeah. uh, so, you know, that, that obviously appeals to me. But I think, um, to be honest, I think Gary said most of it. I, I mean, me and Gary share a lot of um, in common when it comes to Resident Evil, especially, that I don't want this to be... Um, in the same universe and not have any links to the other games at all. It needs to be. If they're going to continue, if they really were going to just dump all the character development they've gone on to this point, then the least they could do is just reboot the franchise because it doesn't make sense having a new game, calling it Resident Evil 7, um, stating emphatically it's going to be set in the same universe, inhabited by the same characters and everything, same era, all that kind of stuff. If you're not going to have, like have any links to past characters and everything, it doesn't make sense because you built up all these, you built up this huge narrative over 20 years now. You know, Resident Evil was 20 years old now. People care about these characters. They care about what's happened. You know, they did really well with Revelations, bringing uh, back, you know, bring, bringing back Chris, Jill, Barry, and Claire. They've done all this great stuff, and I'd be disappointed if they didn't kind of capitalize on that. I'm not saying like. I'm not going to suddenly figure out that you're going to look in a mirror in the um, in the game and suddenly discover you're playing as Leon or Chris because that's not going to happen. But just have some kind Who of. Who knows? Li- it might be. Well, <laughs> Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chris. Or maybe it's Mike. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> in which case, why would you even bother with guns when you could just punch people? Yeah. Why punch do you think there's no guns in it? Really, there's only an axe. <laughs> you don't even need that. Oh, the guy punched a boulder in Resi Five, so. 
Yeah, exactly. Chris yeah. Redfield beat up a bowler, didn't he? Yeah, but you know, you know, as long as, long as they link back to you know, have some sort of connection, and hopefully the the umbrella uh, helicopter is a kind of a link to that. But yeah, I'm really interested. I do hope that the cottage that you're in does make an appearance in some capacity because just because it's just got me some intrigued. I want to know who are these people? Who's this crazy guy who keeps punching you out saying, "Well, we're the family, son." Well, you supposedly know? there was already a link to. I can't remember. I was reading online. There's already a link to the family in previous. Uh, yeah, games. yeah, there is in six, but I kind yeah. of try to burn that from my memory, so I probably should have to go back and play that actually. But you're right, yeah. But you know, it's got me intrigued. I think it's got me so intrigued by it that I do hope some things do carry over because I want to find out these things. But either way, the setting, everything, it's everything is got is going. Everything it's got going for it right now is re- is you know the horror and everything the storyline sounds intriguing the setting the first person view wouldn't be my main first choice i would go back to the third person camera but i don't dislike first person at all and I, to be fair to it it does work really well so i'm yeah i am stoked about this game i mean i thought you know you figured i'd be talking for ages but honestly there's not really much more i can say than that i am uh I'm really, I'm really, really intrigued by it. I really am, and I've been at that demo a lot. I'll probably go back on it again because it's really, I, I just, it's weird discovering all these little new things, you know, um, um, all the little kind of nuances it's got and stuff, as well as that bloody dummy figure as well. What the hell that's all about? <laughs> but um, yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's definitely, it was a big surprise for me. I thought I'd end up going, oh god, what are they doing this time with Resident Evil? But no, I, I am really, really, I am. I don't think I've been this genuinely excited for a Resident Evil game since um, Remake or Zero, when I'm actually sold on it from the announcement. The other games, four, I was when four was announced, I was just, I was just like, what? The, I was seriously, you know, piss off, Capcom. What the hell are you doing to my beloved franchise? Why are we fighting hillbillies with access? What the fuck? Seriously, um, you know, <clears throat> I got over that eventually. Liked it for that. It's five was. I like Five actually. Five was a superb co-op game. Some of the things that they put in there, but you had Wesker, you had Chris was back. You know that was really cool. So I enjoyed that for what it is. Six was, um, you know, Leon's was pretty good, but it was just such a, like I said, it was a Frankenstein's monster game. And Revelations one and two kept me going. To be honest, if it wasn't for them, I probably would have just stuck to the old games. So yeah, this is this has really sold me from the beginning pretty much, and I'm really genuinely excited about this. Quite shocking actually. <laughs> Can I just add one thing? Um, yeah. It's something that you said, Mike. Um, uh-huh. My biggest fear for the game right now, um, and I hope this isn't true, is if the family is pretty much the only adversaries you go up against. Like, if it's a game where I'm constantly running and hiding and the family are really the only enemies i encounter and i have to defend myself against them i will be disappointed um yeah i i, I want there to be zombies i want there oh, to yeah. yeah something for me to fight outside of this family if oh, the family definitely. of course is going to make it into the main game yeah oh yeah no i, I hope hopefully there's some kind of break uh, outbreak or a laboratory where things have got a loot and stuff yeah i don't want to be I don't want it to be like Clock Tower when you're having to hide in closets and stuff away from this guy stalking you in a house. I really hope I want to be able to fight these guys, and I want to be able to. I, I really hope there's more. Yeah, you know, Resident Evil has always had a very, very, uh, varied uh, kind of creature lineup, and I hope they don't just don't. I hope they don't ditch that with this because fighting all the um, Resident. One of the main problems with four and five is you fought the same enemies over and over again, and it just got really dull after a while. There were just too many of the bloody. 
Los Ganados or Magini or whatever they were called, you know. I mean, they had some cool creatures later in the game, but the majority of them were just fighting these just, you know, really stupid, bloody human-type enemies who were just no... They were just so... They just weren't fun to fight against in the end. They, were, they weren't smart enough. You know, you could just walk right past them and they wouldn't even bother trying hitting you. It was just... You know, for all, you know, yeah, it was just, yeah, that it just got really, really dull after a while. Um, but yeah, I agree with you there, Gary. I, I really hope that they pull out all the stops, and I really hope zombies are back. They bought them back in six, they can do it again. Sorry, I'm Neil. I think you had, some... yeah, you're Neil. You're yeah, there. yeah, um, interesting. I did a lot, a bit of research into the proposed setting, um, this <laughs> week, and Discover that obviously, you know, if it is Louis, Louisiana, as you said, there's the ghost aspect. Also, there's uh, the voodoo culture to parts of there. That, mm. But weirdly, the further back you go, because the um, the zombie side of all that never really came into it like it does in modern terms. You know, it's it's very much the, the old voodoo term of zombie, which is <laughs> just someone in a hypnotic state being controlled if you will which i said that could be possible for this demo is what they're showing is a family that suddenly disappeared but are now you know they were quite normal and now are suddenly murderous psychopaths it's like that could fit in and would still be within keeping of the zombie theme but it also meant you know, apparitions and spirits uh, at the time so again you have that tying in makes sense but it could all be a front for whatever we're saying umbrella are experimenting on and around certain areas and you know maybe it's their resurgence that leads to people appearing to have this this uh, classical zombie like uh, appearance or a ghost story is being heard you know there's something in the air that's or the water that's making people go a bit doolally because it's leaked off of umbrella or an old maybe it's an old umbrella facilities don't know mm-hmm. um Going on from that, there's, there is another way to take the demo, which is that it is like a, a little collected homage to the series. Um, you have the raven, okay, the crow, if you will, in the microwave. You have the lockpick hidden behind the thing. You have the axe, which I would suggest is probably a Resi 4 reference. Um, so things like that, you know, it's like the, the phone calls with... Uh, well, it's you know, rumored to sound like Ada. Uh, it's little touch and the attic rooms. From it, it's maybe it's that's all it is. That it's just a celebration of the series and just showing you know, you know bring it together into a demo that encapsulates what they want to do with the main game. But like I said, I, I kind of hope that it isn't just that and that there is it carries that story on. You know that idea that there's some sort of shady thing going on because it, that's what I mean. It, is that mystery again from the first game where you, you've got, you know, you don't know what Umbrella are doing. You don't know what this, this place you're going to, this man, new mansion they're going to in the main game. Again, it, you, you could have that greatness of exploration and, and discovering all its sinister secrets. And the, the whole family thing, I think, is unrelated because they're not going to use the same location anyway. I don't think that sort of character is going to be what you'll be up against, really. I think you will get. It. They've promised the biohazards in it, so yeah. something has to happen. It's a chemical leak of some kind. So either that's what I was saying, or something bigger happens. Um, beyond that, it's just going to be intriguing to see where they take it. I'm absolutely obsessed with 
the whole thing right now, and which is the first time since about ninety minutes into Resi Four. So, yeah, it's it's great to be back into the series in in such a big way. And so, as you said, Revelations, uh, especially the first one for me, sort of carried on the spirit in a way, but still had too much of the the modern day naffness for me to sort of really stand out. And I wouldn't be too upset if they didn't use characters from the original games in the sense that most of them have been made so ridiculous by the last couple of games. It's like, like yeah. we were just saying about if Chris, if you were Chris Redfield, why would you ever care about weapons it's like at this point when you can literally punch a man to death if you wanted? <laughs> and it's a, and then it goes the same for the others. It's like, you know, do you, Leon would suplex. How do you, yeah, it's like, how would you scale back what those characters were if this is a continuation of the series? Why have a seven you know, if you're not going to reboot properly in that sense? So there are only a few characters that would get away with still being in this series and still be taken fairly seriously, which ironically would make Barry Burton one of them <laughs> because, you know, he hasn't really been given anything as ridiculous as some of the main characters I have. Bring, I would bring uh, back Rebecca, to be honest, Rebecca and Carlos. They yeah. Should, they haven't done anything for ages. And even Billy, you know, there's still characters there that they could bring back that they haven't turned into like... Yeah, and given the time time frame. So, yeah, it's been a long time. A more aged Rebecca would be interesting to go along that route. So they could go the multiple character route again. It's... Yeah, if they're going back to the roots, I think the thing that mostly has done it is the fact that they've encapsulated that feeling of mystery, you know, new and the unknown. And it's like, I don't know what my enemy is going to be going into this. I don't know what I'm up against. I don't know the place I'm in. I don't know the people I am. You know, it's like, that's the core of it. I think that's where you would be damaged by having too many of the older characters in the game. You can have Umbrella you know, a resurgent umbrella coming back from the dead, so to speak, that makes more yeah. sense in their ridiculous yeah. world. But yeah, you know, don't people, maybe not. It's a case. It's a shame that they've actually, um, well, I know there's spoilers here. Hopefully, um, you know, we're going back a, a while here, but it's a shame that they've kind of exhausted the, um, Westgate Avenue. That could have always been something to fall back on, but they've already been there and done. It. So technically not spoiling it, but yeah. you know, not going too specific, but even with revelations too, they um, pretty much, um, uh, you know, cut that whole thing. They pretty much tied that up in a knot sort of thing. If you play Revelations 2, you know what I mean with the whole Wesker thing and everything. So they can't even go down that route. Yeah, but then here's the height of the, the over-the-topness that the series needs to go away from. Yeah, you know, yeah, he did they, get too ridiculous. Yeah, he got ridiculous by far. I mean, he was he was Neo effectively. I yeah, get you next week, Leon. Yeah, I mean, though he did look awesome. He was badass in his own way, but it was over completely um, over the top. Well, you know, Wesker used to be this kind of. He was obviously powerful, but he used to be this very enigmatic kind of villain who would work behind the scenes and never get his um never get his hands dirty at all. And in that yeah. one, he was just you know yeah. You um. <clears throat> You read the books, didn't you? The uh, S.T. Poirier novels. Yes. Well. I own yeah. them. Yeah, so it's like that again. They were so fascinating that they kept grounded because they were still set in the early years of the Resident franchise. Yeah. But they added so much more to the world and all these great things. It's like that. 
you could do that with this, you know, again, you know, you could, especially in the modern age, you could have, you know, newspaper reports leaked onto social media and, you know, websites with that sort of thing. And then you know, uh, graphic novels that accompany, you know, like a, uh, build out the backstory a little more and stuff like that. It'd be great. I think that'd be a really good move for them. So, and it would be the perfect way to sort of reinvigorate the franchise for me. So, you want to go a bit more grand after that? Fine, because then we've at least established what this new kind of reboot would be. It's like, and I, that's why I think that you know Gary made a pretty good theory that it couldn't, it could be you know, radiation leaks from not far away from where they nuked Raccoon City, but I. Th- think they may have taken it a bit further away just so that they could keep it yeah. its own thing away from yeah. the characters away from the the hyperbolic drama of those games and yeah and really just get that drive home that point that this is a, a start a restart for them and that they are literally taking those roots and shoving them back in the ground and saying there you go it's like there's your resi yeah, it could be awesome. Yes. Yeah. We even came up with the idea that maybe the family was patient zero, um, mm. you know, the ones who hold the cure to the T virus. You know, it could be a lot yeah. of stuff. Obviously, they're making this emphasis that this family is very important, but why are they so yeah. important? But again, that could just be another, like I was saying, with the homage theory, which everything is some sort of homage. The family, of course, is part of the resi. They are behind a lot of the things that happen in the series, according to. Uh, Resi 6 so maybe that is just all they are uh, the name is just mentioned in that way because of that maybe not It's that's the fun at the minute is just theorising which is like I said the common link between this and Death Stranding is just the I want to know more I really want to know more but just the wait's a lot shorter for this one which is thankful but yeah I think that's all for me on that one because we're getting on I just want to add one thing for sure. The guy who attacks you in the demo, I mean, if you've seen a good shot of him, there is definitely something wrong with him. I mean, I saw yeah. a good shot. He, he looks, he looks infected. He looks kind of like his flesh is looks almost bloodied and rotten and his clothes are all dirty and everything. So he, yeah. he's not, he's not just a rat. He's not just a bloke. <laughs> knocking no. you out. Yeah. Yeah. I said, yeah, I think it's to you. I said that the, um, my theory is that, well, not even a theory is that he's clearly the man you're looking for in the, the, earlier sequences on the camera it's like uh, you're looking for this missing couple he and these are the people you meet and that's why i said it's like they're supposed to be these normal people and they've clearly turned into something else and yeah uh, my figure with him is that he's been driven mad by his wife becoming something very sinister and disgusting because she's the one that clearly appears in the kitchen demo and the one that appears at the end of the uh this demo yeah so yeah, I think he's gone nuts trying to provide for her because she needs you know, her sustenance. So he's been you know, cutting up. There's so much meat and stuff everywhere. You know, it does suggest that that's a possibility that he's just uh, trapping people to and uh, animals and such to feed to her. So yeah. Well, it's not necessarily he's trapping them. They're going into his house. Yeah. But the, the mystery around, yeah, <laughs> this is it. There's obviously something surrounding it that suggests this, and they quite clearly say they had a tip off about a missing couple in this house, and that's why they've come to investigate. And there's been hauntings around this area because people have said they've seen this couple, and even though they're supposedly missing, so it's like it's interesting. And I think when you get down, 
Sorry, we're ruining this for Tim. We're giving him all sorts of But yeah, when you when you uh, go into that basement bit, there's clearly uh, some sort of tunnel going on next to where you find the guy. So clearly, there's. Uh, we, you said about that. Maybe you hope it connects to the plantation. Maybe it does. Maybe it's that tunnel connects different buildings and it's the plantation. I'm, I'm, I, as far as I'm concerned, I think it's just another part of the um, plantation. It's a, a small cottage nearby. Because yeah. you're going to be going over the grounds of it, they said. It's not just the mansion. There will be other areas. So yeah. it's probably just something else. It's, you know, it might be referenced. You might see it in the game. It might be referenced. Um, I re- you know, it's something to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So of course, you know, if, if the game is set months down the line, you know, whatever corporation are hiding things could have... Uh, Got rid of it somehow. Yeah. So well, hence um, why it went here. So. But one, yeah, I, I mean, I forgot, actually, you made me re- like, uh, remember this. The uh, the, de- the demo is set on, was it June 2017? Something like yeah. that, June 1st or something, isn't it? Yeah, June 1st, 2017, which yeah. would suggest that um, if there's six years between the 2012-13 events of six and this, it would suggest that the game itself takes place probably about early 2018. Or yeah. maybe a year later, but yeah, so interesting. Uh, well, guys, very... I think we're gonna have to wrap it up because we've just reached the two-hour mark. Oof! <laughs> <That's perfect>. Wow. <laughs> well, it was worth it, though. It's well, b- almost, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we should wrap up this week's E3 podcast. I'm very sorry it's been so long, everyone, but we've all been ex- we we've got so many games that we could be talking about, you know, as well. Spider Man. Spider Man I think we should need to dedicate an entire podcast to Spider Man because that looks amazing. Um, oh, just beauty. Uh, but before we go, I wanna do our usual uh Gary, have you got any shout outs? Uh just for the listeners and fans. Thanks for listening. Uh Mike, have you got any shout outs? Uh yeah, I'll give a shout out to obviously you guys. Uh, everyone who's been listening, the rest of the PSU crew, but also um, uh, uh, Curtis, who I, um, who's a PSU um, staff member who I met for the first time at the um, EA event. He's cool. And also Edwin's, Edwin Evans Furwell, who is a, a very um, accomplished writer, indeed, who's worked for a number of publications and big sites. I've met him um, twice now. Very, very nice bloke. And he's always very complimentary about PSU. So um, um, big shout out to Edwin. Uh Neil, have you got any shout-outs? Oh, yeah, just, you know, people listening still. It's like, I know it's a chore, but you're still doing it. So you're punishing yourself or do you like it, I suppose, which is great, fantastic. Um, more questions, though, please. It would be lovely. Yeah, more questions. And uh, Tim, have you got any shout-outs? Well, I have a shout-out to you guys. It's been a while since I've been on here and. We I love you. chatting with you. I love chatting uh, with you guys. I think the last time you were on was the uh, Metal Gear yeah, Special. Yeah. yeah, the one I hosted. That was yeah. Oh, wow. ah, yeah. Slick hosting <laughs> skills. September. Yeah, yeah it's, it's way too long. I I want to now. I plan on it. Being Yay. more regular. Um, and I guess the other shout-out, the one shout-out I have is going to be one that's may be a little bit of a stretch. I'm pretty sure it won't reach him. But uh, about a month ago, no, two weeks ago, I had the opportunity via Skype to talk with David Hayter. Wow. And it was huge. So oh, Crap. Wow. 
yeah, it was huge for me. It was such, it was such a like an iconic moment. It like set the bar for what I should expect in life. Uh, that's hyperbole, a little, not really hyperbole at all. Uh, so if this gets to him, <laughs> thank you for everything. I want to shout out to Phoenix Down Radio, Klaus, if you're still listening. Um, I want to shout out to everyone who's been listening. And I can't, this is kind of a self-shout out, I guess. Uh, there was a new trailer to advertise the Welcome to Final Fantasy XIV campaign that's going on. It was shown off yesterday. Or it was on uh, Square Enix's YouTube. And we got quoted not once, not twice, but three times a quote. I, I, I can't believe it. And the fact it was my review just makes me so ecstatic. I just, oh, my God. I, I'm on a trailer. Three nice. times. <laughs> three times. Blimey. Three times in the same trailer. <laughs> I've only managed once. <laughs> so, yeah. Well done, Ben. Oh, my God. So I think I'll end it with with, with that. Thank you, yeah. Square. Thank you, everyone oh. at the podcast. Oh, and just a shout out to everyone on the PSU team for this last yeah. week because it's been so much work to do, but it's been yes. Done so oh yeah, of course. Oh god, I can't yeah. believe I can't believe what an idiot I am. The the E three two thousand sixteen Gram team of Carl Pro. Uh, Will Robinson, Ernest Lynn, and Adam Byrne. How, how could we forget? You know, absolutely oh, yeah, stellar, job. amazing job. And we're still actually publishing content now because they got basically a shed load of stuff. So amazing work. And a good shout out to Tim, Mike, Neil, and Gary for writing stuff during the podcast, during the oh, during the podcast, during the show as well. <laughs> during the well, podcast, yeah, I'm still writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think we, all of us did a great job. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. JP included. Let's not forget yeah. JP. Yeah, JP. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So we'll end it with that. Good work, everyone. And good work for putting up through this podcast. See you all next week. See you later, guys. Ta-ra. Sure you can. <laughs>